0: Hello and welcome to Into Existence. I'm Katrina Towers, I'm the host of this podcast and I'm an artist and this podcast is all about an exploration of creativity and the creative process. Um, The podcast came about as I became interested and curious about my own creative process and my creative journey and I really wanted to learn more about other people's experiences and I wanted to do so through interviews with creative people who were around me, some of whom as you will learn, identify as artists, others work with creativity in different ways. Having done a few interviews that will become future episodes of this podcast, I realized it was important for you to begin by getting to know me and um, to get to know something about my journey as an artist before we get into hearing all about other people. So this is what I'm starting with. It's a conversation between myself and Uhuru Palafala uh, about my own journey as an artist and as a creative human being. I asked Uhuru to hold this conversation for me um, because... She's also an artist, she's a writer, and she's an academic. And she's also my beloved friend. So she knows me well enough to know how to ask the right questions. In this interview that you're about to hear, we speak about freedom, we speak about my upbringing We speak about my departure from the discipline and the disciplines of academia. And we touch on the vulnerability of coming into being my vulnerability of coming into being as an artist. So without further ado, let's listen to this conversation. We're, we're good. Yeah, you
1: were talking about um, coming to embody um, the fact that you're an artist. I work with words so I appreciate the gesture of responding to someone and saying, I am an artist. And what that, the shift that, that does in your, in your head, but also in your body because you're allowing something else and particularly in your world, something that has kind of been, that has, had receded to some hidden parts of yourself, or even hidden under the academic identity. What what was the process of coming to that point of, of being able to say without any shadow of doubt or without a quivering voice? I'm an artist.
0: Oh, it's been such a... <clears throat> it's been a process of different chapters. I'll talk about the most recent one because... It's, you know, I feel that I'm still in it. Mm. Um, it's, it's really been about... About a both a process... Changing my process. Not just my process when it comes to work, but my process of life. Um, so... Allowing myself to be... Hmm. Um, and what does that look like well it looks completely different to Mm. life as an academic
1: wow that is very interesting and i want i want to um to bring in your Your trajectory where you are from and Mm. see how that that could have shaped um your your own sense of of freedom as a person Mm. as a child growing up in a in a in a particular city country and how freedom was modeled there and the kind of because process is process in its in its simplest definition is input output you you Mm. take something in and then Mm -hmm. you you process it and then you put it out in a particular way yeah um so where how was freedom modeled for you where you are from and where uh, whether it is with the family unit in the town you grew up in in the city you grew up in in whatever way how was freedom modeled for you which would somewhat um always inevitably seep into how we think about freedom for instance i mean i am i'm south african i grew up under apartheid freedom was modeled for me in a very very particular way it was like it's something you fight tooth and nail for it's something you spill blood for so it's kind of a very particular way that i think of freedom
0: Hmm. I, that is such a good question. I, I come from, you know, I come from a family where I'm the oldest of four children, and my parents were raising us largely on their own with some support from au pairs. Um, I think managing four children who are all like a, a year and a half apart from one another means that routine and discipline were things that were all around me. It was like the only way to manage us. Yeah,
1: how to hold it together. It,
0: exactly, yeah. exactly. So, you know, being undisciplined wasn't really something I was very familiar with in the home environment. Um, And I have a, I think of one particular friend who I met when I was about 13, who was perhaps like my first, he was my my first artist friend. Um, And he you know, he he moved from thing to thing. Mm -hmm. Um so when I first met him, he wanted to create a band. He was like really into music. And then uh he became really into magic. Mm -hmm. He's still (laughs) quite into magic I think. Um and then he became a sculptor. Um and a stone carver and then he became like a stone carver who worked with like formal lettering for plaques or for headstones he made my father's headstone for us beautiful yeah sure um and so when i think of the first person who brings to mind the qualities that i now associate with Freedom and particularly creative freedom, I think of him. Hmm. But that's quite old, you know.
1: I was 13. Right. You were 13 then.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Wow. And would you say, because now when you talk about your friend, I am, I'm like, yes, of course, do that. Explore. Go see yeah. what you like, what you don't. But we, also are socialized in a particular way where already by 10 adults are already asking us, what do you want to be when you grow up, you know, which is, which is a, another different kind of, you use the word undisciplined, it's another way of disciplining, like putting you in a, on a particular path. And somebody who did that, and at 13, you're a child, you know, you're exploring. Yeah um it kind of it kind of is is seen as youthful folly
0: yeah. which
1: also means that this thing must go away so that you can get back on your road yeah you know yeah there's yeah. always a, a, we are socialized to believe that there's one way and we must be disciplined to find that way and stick to it and i have a feeling that Um, certainly I mean you're from the UK that there is there's that culture um, there which you know of course came to us via colonization but that culture says you must be disciplined which equals there's no time to play and there's even sayings like that don't play with your life
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. The sooner you find out the path you wanna be on, the better, you know.
0: I absolutely and I come from a very particular, um, not within the home environment, but within the broader, I would say, the neighbourhood and the city. You know, I I grew up just outside Cambridge, Mm -hmm. um, which has. An academic intellectual tradition right so long-standing okay and that's that was it's it's multifaceted like it's also beautiful like mm-hmm. I, you know I, I I love being an intellectual I don't want to shed that side of me at all mm. um, I think the conversation that we had this afternoon mm. was was like a beautiful example of like the joys of being curious mm-hmm. and allowing our intellects to explore. Um, so I, I I definitely got that um, around me as I was growing up, but the, the freedom of it, not so much. Um, so I went to I went to um, a, a particular school for two years for the a level years right so a levels are which age? like matric okay so from 16 to 18. Mm-hmm. Um, and that school was highly academic and prized itself on being highly academic i mean one of their kind of lines to of recruitment if you like to bring people into that school it was a state school so it was free um but in every other way, was was, was not a state school. Mm-hmm. Um, so their yeah, one of their kind of taglines, if you like, was, I think over fifty percent of their students applied to Cambridge or, or Oxford. Ah, okay. So and yeah, I really grew up in that Just tradition. to
1: contextualize, I mean, we all know Cambridge and Oxford, but they are they have a particular ranking in the UK, like they have in the US with Ivy Leagues. Yep. What are they called? Oxcam, Oxbridge.
0: Oxbridge, Oxbridge, yeah. Um,
1: you um, wanna end up at these, yeah, at yeah, these institutions, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, and it was really, it was in that time that I, it was in those two years that I dropped my kind of formal study of art. Oh, um,
1: okay. it Was at seventeen, and was it because this school was, uh, more. Leaning towards the academics.
0: um, Yeah, yeah. And you know, it was never something, you know, that anyone individually pushed me to do. Not my parents, Mm -hmm. not any particular teacher. But given what was being role modeled for me, Mm. it just made no sense to to, to have an A level in arts Mm -hmm. when I could have an A level in geography and German. And sociology, which is the qualifications I left with at that time. Because the other thing about A-levels is the majority of people only study three subjects. So by 18, you have already narrowed your path. Yeah. But, you know, the funny thing um, about this is also that, you know, as a child... I knew I did want to be an artist, Um, and I was always that child who was good at art, and I knew that about myself, Um, and it's been tempting for me in the last few months and years to think that, you know, my choices in life removed me from that dream, and I'm now returning to it. I've realized there's another way to think about it, which I think is also really beautiful, which Mm -hmm. is to think that I am living a creative life because I have been so exploratory. Right. That my path, the choices that I've made are indicative of the kind of creative human being I am. So... I stayed in academia for a very long long time but in that time I have made a lot of creative choices Mm -hmm. I've moved and lived in different places Um, I was talking to a friend the other day who we were always those freer people Um, even if in terms of our qualifications and our education choices we were being more conventional. Hmm.
1: Which in itself is explorative, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so the 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 desire and the gifts and the um, the way of the artist never really get um, extinguished, even when you put it aside or just don't act upon it, it manages to seep into your life as a, as, a, as a factor that's always making you curious to look over there and to ask these kinds of questions and to end up then at a particular point in life asking these questions to yourself, saying, yeah. what am I, why am I not, why am I ignoring, why do I not do this? And coming back to yourself in that way yeah yeah it's actually the artist's voice that's bringing you back to yourself yeah because it's there always yeah yeah that's the thing about university as a learning space it's a great space for a curious mind that's where you know you go open other worlds you learn about whatever intersectionality you learn about african history you learn about all of these things that you've kind of haven't learned in high school where no such subjects in high school you are blown away but then integral to the university is this idea of uni which is one There's one way, there's university comes from universal as well. There's this one way, there's this truth and it is universal. And we are going to package it into these little silos called disciplines. And that's where you must slot yourself in. You must choose a discipline and stay in there. And cultivate this knowledge within that discipline. So it kind of moves from this space of curiosity and learning and a kind of overflowing cup of knowledge to too limited and too small and too like, but said who? Who's like, you know, why are we saying the five main thinkers are Freud and, and Darwin? And I'm only hearing Europeans here. Where are the other people? So it's, it moves very quickly from curiosity, exploration, depth of knowledge to, oh my God, there's a whole other range of knowledges and a whole other range of conducting uh, research or asking questions that are there out of the university space that are not promoted here and then the university starts being like a little bit limiting and either you're you're left with not a lot of choices within that space right and when you talked about undisciplined I just remember that that is the language of the university, disciplined.
0: Literally? Yeah. Be disciplined be, in your discipline. <laughs> be disciplined in your
1: discipline. There's a way of doing things, there's a methodology you must stick to, there are ways of asking questions so that it, it kind of becomes mechanical.
0: Yes, yes. I know that you know Nawal El Sadawi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I have a quote of hers that. I think it's just beautiful. And she says that true knowledge comes from connection. Mm. And I really believe that to be true. And I, I want to explore connection in its broadest sense. I want to be f- free to explore are connected beyond the writing of papers Mm -hmm. that have to start with an introduction move to a method section Mm -hmm. present results and then discuss them. you know I want to explore I want yeah I, I, I don't I want to explore the connection between anything and anything without being told no yeah, right. and I started without to feel... running
1: it past someone, <laughs> yeah. Mm.
0: yeah, yeah, mm. and to express that curiosity in different ways whether that's in conversation like you and I are having now, whether that's through the making of a video, whether that's through the making of paintings, whether that's you know, I don't know, creating clothing. I want to have the opportunity to do all of those things, for all of that to be on the table for me in my life.
1: Mm. So while while a space like a university could promote the marriage of connection and creativity with knowledge production and knowledge seeking and knowledge dissemination, it actually... um, creates these things as binaries, Mm. as oppositional. You Mm. can't have connection and you can't bring your human self into the actual research. Mm. And and this, your human self was kind of like screaming within you to say, all right, listen, we want to come out now and be like at the forefront Mm. of what we are doing. And that's not gonna be possible in a university. Mm. Mm. Can you talk about that that the the first time you know things things happen things happen and and you're kind of like "Mm," those five stages to acceptance you're bargaining you're like um you're not entertaining that voice but the day the day you you hear and acknowledge that voice to say I am going to leave this space is a very profound day because you can never, it's a point of no return. Once you hear that voice, you can hear unhear it. Once you acknowledge it, you can't turn back. Once you're like, I choose, I must choose life. I must choose to bring that voice to the forefront of my practice. I must choose to lead with that voice as have it be behind under, wherever else. It must be at the very forefront. What was that day like? Can you remember being like, damn, this is who I am and this is what I'm going to follow. This is, I don't know how, I don't know when, I don't know what, but you know what? I'm
0: done here. You know, I went in from, I went from being deep in it, unquestioningly so, to being Out. Okay. in a very short space of time. Um, and I think that was because I hadn't confronted my own um, discomfort. I think I had been uncomfortable for a very long time, but I hadn't known what that feeling was, you know it was and it had been it had been within me, pretty much probably since one of the first days I did my phd when I started hmm. realizing oh I'm quite different from other people um you know I I I I would do you know I've always done other things on the side I've always you know I did photography for a long time on the side I was life drawing for a long time on the side I've had a I've been a part of activist groups and advocacy groups on the side. Like there were always other things that I was doing that I was curious about. And I had always believed that with more time and more experience in academia, I could bring those other parts of me into that space. Mm. Uh, And I think it was a slow process of trying and failing to do that. That was leading me to feel a sense of discomfort but I wasn't awake to understand what that was
1: discomfort would you say emptiness because is that pushing it is
0: no it wasn't emptiness because mm-hmm. those other parts of me were very much alive Right. I hadn't just hadn't realized that I was and I'm a glass half full person, so mm. I always, I had always believed that it would be somehow possible if I just knocked on another door mm-hmm. that somehow a space would open for me to be my whole self in mm-hmm. that environment.
1: Would and I'm not, I'm not like trying to push this or hop on about it. Was there a void? Because art is. Life-giving, in my experience. I'm an artist and also an academic, which should go on record just to say that, you know, I, I have an, the experience of both. Mm. And... Um, art, art is... In my experience, life-giving. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not able to, to, to be... To embody creativity and express it i feel dead (laughs) yeah i feel i feel empty and and without purpose yeah 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 but you were passionate you are passionate i know you you uh you were passionate about what you did
0: yeah, yeah. You, you
1: were finding meaning in... Yeah, You were bringing connectivity into academia be, yes. with your research yes. as well. So yeah. you were kind of yeah. stretching those limits.
0: Yeah, yeah. I started to realize it wasn't enough. Um, but the waking up to that recognition was very quick. I was I was doing work with a woman called uh, Vangile Makwakwa. We just worked through a whole lot of things around... Um, experiences I have around I had around money and she just said to me if you didn't if you were free of this weight who would you be I knew immediately the answer was I would be an artist Wow Uh, I also knew as soon as I spoke that that it had to be so and I was terrified So my first response to her question was, I don't know. And then she pushed me and she said, well, imagine you did know. What would that look like? (laughs) And then I understood that I was going to have to say something. And that actually this was like a a moment where I could chase freedom. Mm. So I just went for it and... I said I would be an artist. And I knew that in that moment that that was what I had to do. It was completely crystal clear.
1: Wow. I like what you're saying about I knew if I said it I would have to chase freedom. And it kind of takes me back to to the first question we had about now experiencing freedom yeah. uh, coming from a space of always you said discomfort um, discomfort as, as, nom- as normalized as, as everyday you know I, I, I always say to you and I like it because it's, it's actually a song it's a saying from um, Simply Red No, I repurpose their statement. (laughs) Now that you have freedom, what are you gonna do with it? What is their line?
0: Now that you got love, what are you gonna do with it? (laughs) Oh, (laughs) yeah, okay.
1: (laughs) Wow, just to put it on record, I listen to way better music. (laughs) (laughs) That's not reflective of my music choices.
0: exactly what it is now I've got freedom what am I going to do with it right
1: this thing that you that's a deep yearning and that's been like a cons- constant yearning for this thing so that even in its imagination it becomes so big and it becomes so filled with promise if I can just attain that thing all will be well, you know. It's just like I just have to get there. Like uh, much like the country we are in, right? We had this imagination if we just get our freedom. And then on the other side, you realize that it's a, it's continued exploration. Freedom yeah. comes with responsibility. It comes with um, different challenges, whether better or worse doesn't matter it's different challenges uh and i and you know you were talking about how these um these things that were in binary connection creativity embodiment and vulnerability in opposition to what academia Mm -hmm. kind of demanded of you Mm. or Mm. trained Mm. you Mm. trained you to be and now you must make that big shift to fully come into the energy and the principle of creativity because it's got its own principles creativity and creation are governed by things it's a universe you know that you must come into fully, and you must embody those principles, and um, you must must now think about vulnerability, because science is a space of knowing, Mm. and now you're coming into the, the, the principles of creation and creativity, that is a space of unknowing, and it's just like, you are not going to know what's happening, <laughs> you know, until you are kind of in it, vulnerable, allowing, trusting, surrendering, coming into co-creation. These things are not academic things. Uh, <laughs> so I was just wondering how how that's going for you. Uh, I know that vulnerability is a big thing uh, for you. Can you talk about that vulnerability as a concept in terms of, like, why vulnerability and not, I don't know, um, something else? Vulnerability seems to be your main, your pursuit for now. Mm. What does it mean for you to be vulnerable vis-a-vis transitioning into Mm. this artist?
0: Mm so I, I think of vulnerability and courage as being um like duality in this moment for me so they're in a dance exactly they're in a dance so the vulnerability is is what i'm permitting myself to be As I say at, you know, 32 years old, I am going to move into a new way of being in the world and identifying in the world with no knowledge, no formal training, Mm. um, very little immersive experience, leave alone the institutions. Just, I don't have an immersive experience of creativity
1: Hmm.
0: so I'm being vulnerable in that space Um, I feel vulnerable Mm -hmm. you know I feel um, that I don't yet know those principles you're referring to the dance between vulnerability and courage is that what people reflect Back to me often is you're being so courageous, and sometimes you know, I feel it for myself as well like, wow, I'm being so ballsy, like, Mm. I'm leaving everything behind so much of what I knew, and I'm going to do something that I know very little about. Okay, yeah, I'm being courageous. Um, and I think, I think the two, yeah, vulnerability when people see. When we see people stepping into vulnerability, we see them being courageous.
1: Mhm. Yeah, vulnerability not as a weakness in yeah. the way we have come to yeah. to learn about it. It's interesting that you mentioned that because I when you said vulnerability to me, I related it to your to your art and your shedding off because I've watched you shed your clothes literally <laughs> off <Yeah. laughs> and when where did I read about vulnerabilities? it's the project you did with do you want to just very quickly talk about the project you did you wrote about vulnerability in it
0: yeah yeah um yeah, so um, the other day I was um, collaborating with a photographer called um, Alex Alexandra Dietz, um, and she's been doing a long distance photography project um, called This Is Quarantine, where um, she is taking photos of people um, in who are in quarantine or in isolation um through kind of yeah like long distance director of photography um and i participated and i knew as soon as i gave myself permission to participate i knew that what i wanted the photo to capture was me in my studio without my clothes on Mm -hmm. um Partly as a way to communicate to people that I am, yeah, I'm feeling incredibly vulnerable in this moment. Um, and when yeah. you when you are in my studio, like you are in my you are in this my space of making, and what's some of the things that get make, made in that space. I don't want everybody to see because I don't mm. like them, you know, <laughs> or, or they're half finished, or they're half baked, or they're whatever. So, you know, when I invite you into into that space, I feel very vulnerable. Mm. Y- yeah.
1: So it's a it's an energy that's operating at various levels. Yeah. Um, there's there's that that kind of. Um, shedding old skin yeah like a snake leaving academia behind and coming into being as an artist and then there's also the the shedding of the literal clothes which when i saw the piece that you did i was like ah look you know the the artist is her second skin She's adorning this. This is now her, her new robe, you know? And there's also um your work with, with nudity, embodiment. Yeah. Yeah. Um and so I I I I just wanna push you there. That freedom and vulnerability yeah. and courage that's operating there that, it's, that is also like you know freedom Yeah, you know freedom and you know how to jump into it you know yeah.
0: and then the work for me then becomes how do I how do I choose to live hmm Without being told what to do. Mm. How do I learn what it is that I want to do? Mm. That one is big. Yeah. And how do I learn more than anything, actually, is how do I then learn to trust myself so that I trust I know what to do? Mm-hmm. You know, without a structure, without someone saying, oh, you need to do this, this, and this. Because that's been real for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say, especially in the last few weeks. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I've learned is, in the moments of quiet, I know what to do. Hmm. I know what that first step is. Um... Saying yes to a photography collaboration. Mm -hmm. Whether that's. uh, Making a monoprint. Because actually I don't. Feel like. Embarking on a big new painting. Whether that's just like. Filling a page with doodles. Mm. And trusting that. Those first steps. Will lead me. To the next step. And that I know my creative process well enough to to know, like, oh, that moment of clarity, to be able to identify that moment of clarity, this is what you must do next.
1: Mm. Because, I mean, for anybody who doesn't know, academia is a space designed in a way that, at the beginning Of doing something you must write this thing called a proposal that basically that basically even projects outcomes of the research you are yet to do which is to say you're gonna have to stand in front of a couple of people a committee and sound like you know (laughs) and be like I know I know it's always about convincing people you know (laughs) And and creativity will slap you in the face. It's like, sit your ass down. You don't know. You don't know. And furthermore, you're better off not knowing. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you're better off not knowing. These are two very, very opposite approaches. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, not knowing is 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 really the f- the f- point of departure towards exploration imagination play all mm. of these things you know that that have to have to rule the day mm. when you are in process of creativity mm. Mm.
0: And, you know what, play is the right word, like, when I was, you know, when I was talking just now about taking the first step, it's about trusting that I haven't forgotten how to play.
1: Mm. Yeah, it's that, right? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's... Don't, I, 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 I keep hearing the phrase, don't play! Don't play with your life. Don't play with this opportunity. Play Don't play, play t- Like, I keep hearing it being like, you must be wise and move away from this thing called playing. Be yeah. serious about life. Yeah. And those messages get very internalized because while I have a, a healthy attitude towards the unknown, <laughs> there's, there's also moments, days entire weeks where I'm just like, man, quit playing around, like, you're, you're playing too much, you know, and this cannot ever go well, (laughs) (laughs) can't go well, you know, in my language, we have a saying that like, too much, too much play, too much excitement ends up in crying, oh, wow, (laughs) but it, you know, My
0: parents definitely used to say that to us. Yeah. Like over excitement is gonna end up in tears. Mm. Were well, you say the phrase in your in your language, in your language. How do
1: we say it? Yeah. Insipid. Yeah. Like you know And uh, granted, it is said in the context of literal excitement of kids running around right. and they're <laughs> going to Bump into something and and break something and you know it always ends up in crying, but as these sayings go and are applied, they, they continue to be generative in other contexts, yeah. you know.
0: Yeah.
1: And um, part of part of creativity then becomes like part of fully embracing the life of a creative and. Um, living as a creative, someone who creates, who is in creation, who is a creator, part of it is to reparent ourselves. Yeah. To tell ourselves that go play. Playtime is not over. Yeah. It's not going to end up in tears. Yeah. (laughs) Kind of a thing. Yes.
0: That's the inner work
1: that is the inner that's work that's the inner work
0: mm. that's the inner work yeah to yeah. change the um, configuration of self like really the configuration mm. of self for me anyway um you know like and of course for me to be learning these lessons in this time where i'm by myself mm. all day every day uh There is very little structure all day, every Mm. day. That, you know, this has been a very amazing time to learn that lesson because there has been so little interference from anything else. Um, Yeah. That I think I've reached the levels of clarity I have about what this transition is requiring of me much more quickly than I would have had we been moving in and out of our houses and interacting with other human beings in the way that we normally do yes absolutely Um, yeah and for that I'm very grateful what do you
1: think what do you think is your superpower
0: My my ability to really look Mm. and to find beauty in things and to communicate that beauty to other people and beauty is um, it's, um, when I say beauty I mean I'm also fascinated by things that are really ugly when I was living in Nairobi I was completely fascinated by the flyovers and these like multi-lane highways that were being built <laughs> like I found them really beautiful yeah I found that wow. ugliness really beautiful Oh you God! <laughs> That's my superpower. <laughs> That's amazing because I just got
1: this image that if you look, like deep looking, there's all of this kind of deep, you know, slow,
0: yes,
1: looking or whatever it is, always produces uh, intricate. Uh, results uh, like a a deep looking I just saw it kind of reveal a lot like also it's underside so you're looking at something even if you're looking at something beautiful you can see it's ugliness yeah or something that is conventionally beautiful presents as beautiful to the world you can also see it's underside but also when you're looking at something ugly like you're (laughs) you're saying about the highway which I'm just like Okay, I'm glad you didn't invite me to this <laughs> session <laughs> of deep looking. <laughs> you can also see his underside because yes. you are kind of
0: yeah, yeah.
1: doing that intentional yeah, looking. But yeah. is it something you switch on or are you going around the world like that? you... You look all the time, or you're like, "Oh, today I'm gonna look," or "Ooh, this thing pulls me towards itself to do to engage in deep looking," or that's just how.
0: I would say it's my are. it's my it's largely a default setting. Um, my visual mind is awake a lot of the time. Wow. Um, that said, it is also something I switch on. Um, so you know when I'm when I'm when I'm drawing from life, especially when I'm drawing human beings, it's a it's a it's a space that I go into mm-hmm. on a good day. You know, I mean, it's a, it's a physical space I go into any day I want to. Um, but really, being present in that space is is something I commit to. And, um, the focus is, that focus looking isn't something I could maintain all the time. So, right. Yeah. And I think, you know, in a more tangible way, when I see bodies and this, you know, my work is, is very figurative. I see... I see worthiness beauty is a laden term maybe worthiness like anybody can sit in front of me and I believe them to be worthy I find them to be worthy of looking and drawing Hmm. you know whatever that body looks like in in societal terms you know um I am captivated by the the physical of human beings and how that physical manifests visually the spiritual, Mm. Um, how a human being moves, how they place their weight, where their gaze falls, How open or closed their eyes are. What happens to the lips when they're relaxed. Oh wow. Does a person relax or not relax in the space. Mm. All of those are like visual cues. That reflect. The spirit of of a human being. Wow. And like I find all of that. Beautiful and worthy. Wow. That's that's blowing
1: my mind because i well a didn't know this about you (laughs) but also i didn't know your visual mind is so alert Uh, i definitely know my language mind words are for me like "Mm, i want to savor them and i want to always explore and find the right one
0: That is your superpower precisely because when others are around you they want to do the same thing. Uh,
1: With words or with their own... We're enjoying
0: your enjoyment of the words. Ah,
1: interesting.
0: When I'm with you words become so much more delicious. I definitely enjoy them more when Mm. I'm around you. Mm. Interesting. Um, And that Mm. is the work of a creative. Mm. Is to share it's not just for me to have it for myself I want people to see my work and to see things that they see things anew
1: yes and that's that is actually also how creativity is also medicine not only yours but of those you encounter. Yeah. And I think that's a beautiful place to close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>